0: Hi, brothers and sisters. It is a joy to be with you. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here. We're going to delve into the scriptures, the word of God, the word of life, and uh, pray for one another. Pray for our nation, our church, ourselves, our families. Uh, thank you for joining me. And if you want to leave your prayer, re- prayer requests in the comments, you know you're always free to do that. So let's put ourselves in the Lord's presence today and do our, our daily uh, beautiful feasting on His, uh, on his uh, Holy Word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you with joy, Lord God. We praise you with joy because you have spoken. You have spoken your word. You have sent your Son. He is our Savior. We rejoice. We rejoice, Lord God, with the joy of Christmas all year long because the Savior is born for us and we can connect with Him today. And we're going to connect with Him now as he and your Holy Spirit sent from you and from him, enlighten us as to the meaning of this word, enable us to live it more faithfully and empower us to proclaim it more effectively. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord, amen. So we've been reading from the first book of Kings. I wanna continue on, on that line here. A reading from the first book of Kings. Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the whole community of Israel, and stretching forth his hands toward heaven, he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You keep your covenant of mercy with your servants who are faithful to you with their whole heart. Can it indeed be that God dwells on earth? If the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, How much less this temple, which I have built? Look kindly on the prayer and petition of your servant, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry of supplication which I, your servant, utter before you this day. May your eyes watch night and day over this temple, the place where you have decreed you shall be honored. May you heed the prayer which I, your servant, offer in this place. Listen to the petitions of your servant and of your people, Israel, which they offer in this place. Listen from your heavenly dwelling and grant pardon. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, friends, this is a crucially important point, how God, and we brought this up in the readings from the other day, takes physical things seriously. He commanded the building of the temple. Now, prior to the temple, there was the tabernacle. It was like a portable uh, worship uh, uh, space. But there were all kinds of physical objects involved. Okay, so, and in fact, from the very beginning of the Bible, you see the significance of stones and, and fire and animals being sacrificed. You see, physical things are always part and parcel of our relationship with God. Because we ourselves are physical. And he became physical in the word becoming flesh. But I want to draw here, first of all, a couple of quick lessons about church buildings. God commanded the building of the temple. Now Solomon, you know, in a sense what he's doing here, he's... um, Giving, He's showing the validity of sometimes the point that people will make. They come to the wrong conclusion if they say, well, God is everywhere. God fills the universe. God is at the seashore. God is in the, my favorite spot in the park. God is in my backyard. God is in my kitchen. I worship God wherever I worship Him. What's the difference? It's the same God. And for some people, that might sound persuasive. And then Solomon even begins to think um, it, it, these thoughts from a different perspective, of course, but he's saying, Lord, you fill the universe. You fill the entire universe. We're a little tiny speck on this universe, planet Earth, and how much more of a tiny speck, this temple. So how is it that you can dwell here? How can you fit, so to speak? And it's not like you can leave all the other places where you are in order to come here. So Solomon is sort of setting up the question so he can answer it. He's marveling at a mystery before he gives that part of the mystery which he's there to to emphasize. And he says, how can this be? He's contrasting the spiritual nature of God with the physical temple. He's contrasting the omnipresence of God, he's everywhere, with one specific place. And here's how he answers it. It's very simple. Very simple. He says that this is the temple that I, Solomon, have built. So, in a sense, his declaration here, well, like his question, Lord, you're the God of the whole universe, how can this be? is a declaration of humility. Now, who am I? I built this temple, but you're the God of, you built the universe, okay, and occupies the universe. But then, here's the key He says, Lord, watch over this temple. Why? Because this is the place you have decreed you shall be honored. Crucially important verse. Solomon's prayer, Lord, this is the place that you decreed the people should honor you. You, you, You're commanding us to come to this place. Yes, we know that you're everywhere. Yes, we know you're at the seashore. You're on the lake. You're you're in our homes. You're in our hearts, for goodness sake. But, But this is not a reason to get rid of formal religion or church buildings. God has to, this God who's everywhere, this God who's in your heart, does he ever tell you in your heart how he wants you to worship him? See, this is, the, this is the challenge we have to give, lovingly, gently, to those who say, oh, I don't want to go to church, I don't have to go to church, oh, after all, God is with me in my heart and in my home. Well, but of course he is. But that's not the point. Does he want, does, it's, is it about the way that you want to worship him, or does he have a preference? Is it about how you're going to decide to, to, to encounter God, or how He decrees He wants to be encountered? He's not saying, don't find me in your heart, in your home on the seashore. He's saying, I constructed a temple, and that's where I want to be found. Now, we can take this on another level. You know, I was looking at this reading. You can read this reading and think of the human body when you think of the temple. because. Let's go here for a moment. But for one Corinthians chapter six, the body is for the Lord; the Lord is for the body. God raised up the Lord; He will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know? He says a little further that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. Okay. Now listen to this passage again and think of the human body, the temple of God, where Solomon is talking about the physical temple. Can it be indeed that God dwells on earth? If the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much more less this temple which I have built? Look kindly, O Lord, on our prayer. May your eyes watch day and night over this temple, the place where you have decreed you shall be honored. Look kindly, O God, on this temple, the temple of the human body, the human person, where you have decreed you shall be honored. Paul says, offer your bodies as a pleasing sacrifice to God. He has commanded that he be honored in the human body. That the human body not be done, given, like Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, not be given over to immorality, but to the Lord to whom the body belongs and in which the Lord, the Holy Spirit, resides. He has commanded that he be worshiped here in the body, that our bodies glorify him, that we remain pure and strong, that we care for our health and that we care for the bodies of one another and that we do not tear them apart by violence, including the violence of abortion. I have commanded that I be worshipped here. When we worship God in the human body, we're not just worshipping him in our body by keeping in a state of grace, urging him to come to us, making sure we're receiving the sacraments, making sure we're taking care of our health. But we honor him in the sacred temple of the bodies of one another. And especially in the sacred temple of the bodies of our unborn children. The opposite of worship, the opposite of honoring them, the opposite of the decree of God is when we take a knife and chop them apart. May your eyes, Solomon prays, watch day and night over this temple. Listen to the petitions of your servant and your people, which they offer in this place. We offer petitions. We offer praise in our bodies. We lift up our hands like this to the Lord. We offer petitions in our bodies. We bow. We join our hands. We genuflect. Sometimes we prostrate on the ground in adoration of the Almighty One. He wants to worship us to worship Him in our bodies. And He wants us to worship Him in our churches as well. Yes, He wants us to find Him everywhere we go. Where can I flee from your presence, Psalm 139 says. If I go to the farthest end of the sea, you are there. You were even there in the secret place when I was being formed in the womb. Lord, I cannot even escape from your presence if I wanted to. But I don't want to. So yes, he wants us to worship him everywhere. But he also has very specific commands, very specific duties that he places on us, both of old and also in the new covenant. If you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. We've got to participate in the Eucharist. God is... Te- because, not because it's our big idea or it brings us convenience or pleasure. What does our convenience or pleasure have to do with worship? See, this is the weirdest thing. There are people who don't want to go to church and don't want to receive the sacraments. It's like you're saying on the one hand, you want to worship God, and then you're saying, on the other hand, but what matters most is the way I want to do it. You see the contradiction? I want to worship God. I'll worship Him right here. In other words, I want to worship you, Lord, but I'm going to do it my way. Well, you've forgotten the meaning of the word worship. Worshiping means God is in the center. God decides. And you don't tell God, here's how I want to do it. You ask God how he wants you to do it. And you ask him how he wants you to honor him in the temple of the human body. Starting with our respect for those tiniest of bodies, those most defenseless, our brothers and sisters. In the womb, Amen. Let's pray, friends. Father, we lift up to you uh, all the prayer intentions being being mentioned and being held in our hearts. We, we repent of our sins, bring forgiveness where it is needed. Lord, bring back on the path of virtue those who have strayed. So many people we know that are not practicing their faith, and give wisdom to the people who are just still still searching for you. Bring an end to abortion in our midst. Bring victory in these elections, bring wisdom to the voters. And now Lord God, bring peace and salvation to us as we invoke you in the way that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Friends, thank you for bringing others in. Let other people know about these broadcasts. I'm sure there's many people that would love this, but they don't know about it. You can be the bridge. I appreciate you doing that. Let's keep connected on social media at Frank Pavone.
1: That's at fr Frank Pavone on all the platforms. And we'll talk to you soon. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor Or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.